Today on Gamerhead Radio, Konami digitally screws you, physically screws themselves, and literally screws Hideo Kojima. Wait, that last part may not be right. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Hello and welcome to Gamerhead Radio. I am Jonathan Santiago, aka Fallon Flynn. We're being civilians. Come on! Oh, uh, yep. Sorry. Clockwise. Re- Wake up, goat. <laughs> Clockwise. I'm still getting used to this new thing. Uh, I, I'm goat. Apparently, still not understanding how this works. <laughs> and I am Charlie Technotronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. Hello, gentlemen. How are you this week? Probably not as tired as you. I'm pretty tired, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh. The, I'll, I'll put it to the listeners the way that I put it to you guys when I came through the front door today. I uh, After last night's Views for Villains performance over at Bottom Lounge, I feel like a sun-baked turd. <laughs> so, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means, but... Um, it's, uh, it's, it it, it it's is exactly what it sounds like. It Ugh. feels exactly what it sounds like. Ugh. A person shouldn't know what that feels like, but I know. Oh. It's unfortunate. And I, I can say anybody who's listening to the show that uh, that hasn't been to a Views for Villains, uh, Views for Villains concert, uh, you should definitely fix that because, oh my God, that was, that, that was my, last time was my first time going, my and Michelle's first time going. Yep. And um, that, that was a lot of fun. That Thanks, was a ton man. of fun. So yeah. I'm glad it was not uh, a rubbish. No, it was, it was not. Good. Yeah. We're going to be doing, we're not going to announce it yet, but we've got something really big we're cooking up for uh Late June, that's going to be, uh, you know, I, I won't tell you what room it is, but it's a Chicago staple. It's a favorite. It's one of the bigger ones. And uh, once once we finalize the details for it and announce it, then we'll be plugging the hell out of that. And that is also subsequently probably going to be a CD release show for um, a remaster that we're doing for, you know, something later. I'll talk about that at the end of the show. But, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it, it was a good show. It was fun. So it's, it's the All-State Arena. Got it. Um, clearly, clearly. Yeah. What? No, I know. I, I've clearly seen Wrigley. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, it's like the weekend after Billy. You keep it classy, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joel? Billy Joel? Yes, That's yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> they amateur. actually had to bump Billy Joel for the villains. I, yeah, yeah. As they should. Oh, uh, wow. So, uh, coming up in this week in releases, on May 5th, we've got Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor 2 Record Breaker. On the 3DS, which is not the Vita, which is what I was expecting. Surprising, very yeah. surprising. Uh, Wolfenstein: The Old Blood, which I'm assuming is an expansion pack for the for the existing game. It is. I think out. it's a standalone, though. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I cool. think so. I could be wrong on that. Coming out on Windows, X, uh, Xbox One, and PS4. So the Old Blood's coming out for the New World. Uh, that's true. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Either one. So. <laughs> that's me making a joke because that's the name of the game. <laughs> it's coming out for the <laughs> PS4. Uh, Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, Game of the Year Edition, coming out on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Uh, and then on the 6th, we've got High Strangeness coming out on the Wii U and PC. Vertiginous Golf, I think. Ver- Vertiginous? <laughs> um, that I'm, sounds like it needs an ointment or maybe some sort of medical attention. V-E-R-T-I-G-I-N-O-U-S. Vertiginous, I believe is. Wait, wait, wait. Spell that one more time. V-E-R-T-I-G-I-N-O-U-S. Vertigenous. That might be French. That might be Vertanius or Vertanius or... Oh, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no accent. But I like Vertigenous better because it sounds, yeah. it sounds disgusting, really. 
Vertiginous. It sounds it sounds itchy. <laughs> uh, golf, which is uh, the other punchline there, but okay. Um, coming out on the Mac, uh, PC, and Linux. And uh, Ultratron on the 8th, coming out on Xbox One. Don't know what that is. And uh, as we have just started May, we've got a new month of uh, free games for Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus subscribers. Uh, for Xbox Live Gold, Castle Storm Definitive Edition is uh, your Xbox One free game of the month, in addition to Pool Nation FX, uh, left over from last month. Still, don't waste your time with that. Yeah, I like that you refer to it as leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the Xbox 360, for the first half of the month, from the 1st to the 15th, you can get Mafia 2. And then for the second half of the month, from the 16th to the 31st, you can get F1 2013. Hmm. So, really uh, sticking a date stamp on that one. And uh, on the PlayStation Plus side of things, uh, let's see. So, on the PS4, you can get Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition. Uh, either one. Uh, oh, that's that game I mentioned earlier. Apparently, that's a, a new. Uh, it's, a, it's a free game on PS Plus. Um, <laughs> on PS3, uh, PS4, and the Vita, you've got the Unfinished Swan, which I've heard about. It's a, one of those like art house games. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Uh, also on PS4, PS3, and Vita, Race the Sun. On uh, also on all three platforms, Ho. Oh, God, a lot of games that are hard to pronounce. Ho Hukum, Ho Hukum. H-O-H-O-K-U-M. Ho-hukum. And uh, on the Vita, you've got Mursaki Baby. So, yeah. Finally, they put one out that you can pronounce. I appreciate that, guys. That's, that's, that, Thanks. That's Mighty awesome. wide of you. I, I heard uh, kind of rumblings that a lot of Sony fans were a little bit unhappy with the offerings this month. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Because, um, I mean, like I think this is like the, the second or third time we've seen a version of Guacamelee be free. Yeah. Um, I know we got it for Xbox One a few months back. I think, um, yeah, I think they've had it before, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I hear mm-hmm. good things about the game. I haven't tried it myself. It's fun. But, uh, yeah. That's a good game. So, Mr. Santiago, what have you played the last week? Um, I didn't deviate terribly much. It's kind of been for about the last two, three weeks. I haven't really changed much of what I've been playing, mostly because uh, when we get down to crunch time for shows, for V's, for villains, a lot of my time is spent working on that. So what little That's time fair. I do get playing just kind of picks up where I left off. I am still, I haven't talked about it in a couple months. I'm still slowly crawling through Child of Light. I played maybe mm. maybe half hour of it. Um, more Mortal Kombat. Um, but, but if I'm being fair and doing the right thing, I can say that Karma got me. I went and played my <laughs> brother, and he he whooped my ass. Oh yeah, okay. He did. Um, I'm gonna say this, and everyone's gonna go boo bullshit. Um, I'm used to playing with my Xbox One controller, and my brother is playing it on PC. So when I go over there and play with him, he's using USB Logitech controllers. Mm. On which the triggers are atrocious. And anybody who's playing Mortal Kombat and does meter burn stuff knows that if you if you go to put in the commands to do something for meter burn to set up a combo or a juggle of some sort, if you hit the trigger and it doesn't respond, you have to press those triggers on those Logitech controllers really fucking hard. They're really wide and they're really stiff, which is the polar opposite of the Xbox One controllers. Yeah. So I'll go to press it. I'll totally flub the move because I'm I'm used to a certain level of like muscle pressure that I'm supposed to, and I whiff the move and it leaves me open with a like a large punishable, you know, fucking window. And my brother is a savage with Ermac, <laughs> so if I flub a move, I'm gonna get punished for it. Okay. So I told him that I'm gonna bring my controller over there and play it, and he'll understand why I'm. My brother, of course, just thinks that I'm complaining about losing. Uh, such is not the case. Um, I'm going to get that controller over there. I will report back with results. I did play Mr. Ryan on today, too, and uh, I I, uh, I lost my temper. 
<laughs> oh yeah. I got so mad. Um but you know, I uh, I figured out where the error lied in in my approach and corrected it and towards the end. Uh we would have kept playing but a uh the game has terrible netcode and it gets laggy sometimes, really mm. bad. And um I had to leave to come to the show tonight. Um so Ryan, I know you're going to listen to the episode in the next couple days. Um I got your number, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Um, was not satisfied with today's results. I need. Um, um, I, I need. Uh, whenever this happens, yeah. you make sure that you stream this on Twitch. Oh, I will. As a okay. matter of fact, I I, I kind of feel like with all of the fighting game um, Mortal Kombat goodness brewing, maybe there should be a uh, a gamerhead get together with a little bit of streaming soon. Maybe we can make that happen. But um, I played that. I played. Um, I I picked it up on a Steam sale. I started playing um, an older Call of War as game because it was three dollars, and uh, oh, okay, it was entertaining enough. You know, it was from Techland, the same people that did like uh, um, Dying Light and I think uh, Dead Island. You know, mm-hmm. so it kind of feels similar in its shooting mechanics. It was all right. I only played it for twenty minutes or so. Um, I did. There were a couple sales on Xbox Live. I played. Um, Resident Evil Revelations 2, uh, Chapter 1, I only played about about 20 minutes. It's a recurring thing. <laughs> right. um, How is that? It, it seems um, it seems like, it, especially since it's a co-op thing, like, oh. I would have fun playing that with somebody. Okay. Um, it's weird when you shoot people, like, you know, you see health numbers tick off like an RPG, which is <laughs> really strange to me. Um, and as a Resident Evil game goes, you can tell it's a budget title. Like, it, yeah. the, I don't think the graphics are particularly great. Like, in the cutscenes, they're fine. The facial animations and textures are fine. But when you're actually playing the game, everything looks really muddy and kind of cheap to me. But it plays fine. I wonder know? if the on-screen um, damage indicators are for co-op so that you can see, like, when your partner is taking maybe damage. Maybe so. Maybe so. That would make that would make some measure of sense, I guess. I, I haven't looked into the options. I hope you can turn that off because mm. I find it distracting, okay, actually. Sure. But if you've played the last couple of Resident Evil titles in terms of shooting mechanics, it's fairly, you know, you, you know, kind of over the shoulder, you know, what you're playing, you know. Um, I don't know if I'll buy the rest of the chapters, but at three bucks, it seemed like, why not, you know. Um, and I did download and play about 20 minutes of Strider, um, which is, you know, an arcade title. It's fun, though. Uh, definitely, if you like your, you know, side-scrolling platformer, you know, beat-em-up types, it was fine. You know, played really well. Um, cool. And then I, I, because it was free, I tried uh, Dance Central Spotlight. <laughs> that was you. And what, I did. No, Megan, try, <laughs> Megan did try it, too, I think. But I, I played it... Uh, for the one song that they give you on the demo and I could see where it would be entertaining. And if you're doing like the fitness mode on it, probably kind of fun. But, um, if you're looking to trim down a bit, but it, it was on sale for five bucks, but I didn't buy it. Like it just didn't, it's not interesting enough to keep my attention. I'm yeah. looking for new things to play with my connect because I only have one game that uses it fully. Mm-hmm. Um, as a connect build game. So I was looking more things to looking for more things to use my connect for in that way. And it just doesn't, I, I know I won't play it, you know, it just won't keep my interest. So. Right. Um, I thought some of those moves last night looked familiar. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. When I was up on stage. I was just like, "Ooh, man, that was good." I felt the, I felt the, the, the vibe. Um, but that was it. That's that's all I had time for, and I can't believe I had time for that with as crazy of as a week as it was. Right. What about you, Goat? Uh, let's see here. What did I do? Uh, GTA as usual. Still shenanigans. Uh, oh, I did play one one online match at GTA with Goat yeah, this week. Yeah, it was about I was falling minutes. asleep sitting up. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, did Strider a little bit, got pretty far in that. Uh, John covered all that, though. I mean, it's Capcom, it's side-scrolly, it's beat-em-up. It's in HD. 
Yay. <laughs> but it, it does feel like a throwback to that era, yeah. though. So if you miss that, that mm-hmm. style or era of gaming, it's oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I checked out Castle Storm, which is the freebie this month. Uh, strange, you just throw shit at other people's castles and run it soldiers over. It almost looks like kind of RTS yeah, ish, it is. Though. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I think what's missing there is the multiplayer shit talking that'll make that game a lot better because <laughs> it was a little dry on the one one player mm. side. Mm. Uh, and, and lo and behold, as I told everybody last week, since we had way too much content, uh, I did play Goat Simulator a week ago, uh, and I was to report fully to both my co-hosts and listeners because goat playing Goat Simulator apparently is a is a hot topic. So so the the burning question. Is it accurate? Uh, to my life? Yes. Uh, I killed Dead Mouse and got his helmet, yes. Uh, oh. To the best of my knowledge, <laughs> I'm fairly certain that Dead Mouse lives. Not in my game. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my world. Because I put out, it's it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Dead Goat, and it's got like the of course it is. L or 1 for the T, right? And it's a mask. <laughs> you actually get his mouse mask. Mm. Uh-huh. And this will bring into the chaos that this game is. And your special ability when you press Y uh, is everybody stops and dances and you hear uh, dance music. Okay. Until you turn it off and then they continue their lives. <laughs> okay. All right. Two. But so, so what did you think? It's awesome. I mean, it's it's if you got a sense of humor and you, and you like just stupid things... This is this is it. Like everything about this game is so over the top, so self-aware, so just ridiculous that you you're like, oh, but what else can I do? Like what what's the next thing to do? And I figured out what it plays like. It plays like Tony Hawk. Oh, interesting. Because you kind of wander around these little worlds. Yeah. And you can go anywhere you want. I mean, obviously it's not ramps or anything like that, but you can, you know, oh, I want to do this, and you just go over there and do it. And there's little like you know, there's little like multiplayer missions and stuff like that you can find, and it's all like, it's all finding, seeking, and just creating chaos. That sounds like it's right up your alley. To oh, me. it's amazing. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I'm stoked about this game, though, because it's kind of a little engine that could. Like, it started out as a yeah. joke on, yeah. Yeah, a on Steam, joke. and mm-hmm. it's yeah. just blown. It's on every... I have it on, on you know, on Android. Yeah, yeah. it's on... It, I think it's on everything. Yeah. I don't play it on there because the physics engine causes my phone to overheat like yeah. a bastard. <laughs> but, you know. but, yeah, I mean, it's... it's all, The fact that they left all the bugs in there and everything, it's just... it's it's If you're looking for the new Tony Hawk without skateboards and maybe insert GOAT, well, this is your game. Insert goat. I mean, that's kind of in the title. <laughs> so I mean, I, I mean, just like I mean, obviously, I killed Dead Mouse is one of them. A little another spoiler. Oh, uh, so you do these little tasks, and so, you, so, you don't know what the tasks are, and okay. they unlock uh, mutations, okay. which are alternate goats. Okay. So like one of them to unlock, I had to bring a. Uh, an undisclosed amount of people up to this giant pentagram that you can't miss when you get there. Okay. And I turned into devil goat. And now I have this like thing where if I have the devil goat on, I walk by anything, my tongue grabs them, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> like Cthulhu. Yes. Oh, my God. It's Cthulhu. And, and it gets crazier because you can stack mutations. Oh, my God. So so is this just like an open world, just sandbox, just go have fun kind of game? Or, or is can you beat Goat Simulator? I You can by, like, I think... Getting everything, but yeah, I don't think there's an actual like a credits ending. Okay, I right. haven't. I mean, there's still some there's some tough shit in there where I'm like, like I've had to look up achievements and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And I like look it up. And I'm like, yeah, because I what? Yeah, <laughs> I no. Unless I tripped over that on on accident and started a fire, that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's basically just an open world, and they tell you just create as much chaos as you possibly can and try everything. Okay. So this is true to life for you, then. It yeah. really is. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. You get extra points so, for 
punting people across the so, map. So, so out of five mass, how many mass do you give it? I would give it probably four. Yeah, you have to do it. Four mass? You have to actually... I don't do the mass. Ma- I have ma- people ma- who do that ma- for me. What kind of goat are you? <laughs> I'm you a, call yourself a goat. I'm a, I'm an articulated goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, oh, he a fancy goat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, classy goat's one of the mutations. But <laughs> four, So four out of five mass? Yeah, I'd say four out of five mass because, okay. I mean, there, it, it, you have to be that person to play it. Okay. Because, I mean, like, somebody, like, I, I wouldn't really suggest it to you yeah, more than, like, I'm like, 20 seconds of you going, this is ridiculous. I, I mean, get it. Moving on. For, for, like, a palate cleanser or, like, something something to just, like, blow off, like, some steam yeah, or whatever It'd be perfect like for John because he could play it for 20 minutes and get a lot out of it. Excellent. Oh, sure. Excellent. Okay. But it's one of those. It's like Minecraft. It falls in that Minecraft thing where, you, sure. you know, you, you, there's no story. It's fuck right. shit up. Yeah. Okay. All right. That should be the subtitle. Code Simulator. Fuck, fuck shit up. Fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> It would be apt. Okay. So, yeah, if you got a sense of humor and all that, the people who should play this is definitely... Uh, if you think I'm funny, play it. <laughs> and if you don't think it's funny, don't play it. I, I, yeah, I, if, I, if you're on okay. Charlie's side and you need story <laughs> and substance, move it along. Just move it along. Okay, that's fair. What else? I think that's about all I did this week. Charlie? Um, so I played uh, a little bit more of the uh, story mode in Grand Theft Auto, but um, the other interesting thing that I touched was um, I got a uh, copy in the mail of, um, of Far Cry 4 mm. from, uh, from, uh, from Gamefly, and um, I'm at uh, the end of my subscription. That's the last game I'm going to be getting from them, I think, um, but, uh, um, but it's really good. I mean, really, really good. Um, I've never played any of the other Far Cry games. I did. They just never caught. They just never landed on my radar. Um, aside from Blood Dragon, I've you know talked about Blood Dragon, and I didn't realize. And I guess this was a dumb assumption, but I didn't like a lot of the things I loved about Blood Dragon. Apparently, are just common Far Cry mechanics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Aside from the, uh, the aesthetic, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, about like you know, uh, you know, you're on an island basically, and. Um, um, I mean, you're, you're you're not an island. You're in the mountains. It's the exact opposite of the island. So forget that entirely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, you're uh, you know you're you've got this, this massive open world, and it's it's first person, of course. But uh, you have to go, you're going around. You're completing missions for people, and um, there's like a you know there's a conflict happening in the area between like these two factions, and so like you'll stumble across like people uh you know people in the middle of like a, a battle and so you have to help them out just like in blood dragon and so um I, I i wish i had made that realization sooner i might have checked out the other far cry games but loving far cry 4 so far um the main um antagonist pagan men that guy's crazy in like the most awesome way goat are you familiar with this at all you would love this guy he is like uh he's he's that he has a very joker-esque um, like, not, not like insane and like, you know, like laughy, but just like in the way that he's like very, um, sadistic, silently, uh, passive, aggressively insane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you've played it. I, I'm familiar with the character. Okay. I have not played four. I did play three. And if you like the villain in four, you would love Voss in Far Cry three. That was like a really Mohawk, entertaining right? game. Yeah. yeah. He okay. was really good, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah he okay. was a pretty cool cat. Okay. I'd, yeah. I'd actually have lunch with him. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah uh, uh, apparently then it sounds like the same thing with uh, with with pagan men in far cry 4 um i mean this guy he's like so just evil and just nonchalant about it but um he's at the same time so classy and charming like it's so it's it's fascinating um but uh yeah no really enjoying that so I'm, i think i'm gonna uh, you know i've got so many games i'm in the middle of right now I, i'm at that this is this is a point i haven't been at in for a while because my backlog is 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 i've talked about it before how deep it is just because of well my life and um <laughs> so normally i i pick out the next game i'm going to play i might have two going on right now like two, like two pots burning but i'm in the middle of grand theft auto assassin's creed black flag um or in the blind forest whenever i decide to try and attempt that again because as far as i know it's still not patched <laughs> stupid game um and now Far Cry 4, and it's just like, oh my god, I've got so many big, long games that I just, I, I, I'm trying to tackle right Welcome now. Welcome to my world. Yay, Sweet I don't god. like it here at it's all. Horrible. <laughs> Isn't it the worst thing ever? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to try and figure that out. But um, Oh, and friggin' um, uh, Bad Blood from, um, uh, from uh, Watch Dogs, yeah. which is uh, you know, a decent amount of content there. And, uh, yeah. Shit, you're playing more games than I am Charlie, at once right now. Charlie, yes. you've hit a new tier. You have a backlog to your backlog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's depressing and accurate. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so... I Maybe mean, you should work on the mini backlog before you get back to the backlog. See, and yeah. the completionist in me, whenever I start something, I yeah. feel compelled to finish it. But it sometimes gets to the point where um, I feel like I'm developing a twitch in my eye. <laughs> yeah, over yeah. Over it, you know? That, that's what it is, too. It's like, because it's like, okay, I've got no... Um, like it doesn't seem like the Far Cry games have really much of anything to do with each other. Um, yeah. it seems like it's they're, they're they're like Final Fantasy in that much. Like they have kind of recurring themes and gameplay, sure. function, you know, styles and things like that. But very different to course, uh, very yeah. different characters and stories and so on and so forth. And so going into Far Cry Four, I'm just like I don't I don't care about this game. Like I mean, like I, you know, I have no investment in the world is what I mean by that. Mm. And um, and uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna power through the story, yeah. and I'm already getting distracted by stuff. And um, like all the side plots and everything, I'm just like, oh yeah. man, because I don't they need this. they do make the side missions in in Far Cry interesting for the most yeah, part. Yeah, and they and like they're not just like tacked on; they're like relevant yeah. to the story and everything. So yeah, which is strange that you've never done the Far Cry because it's probably the closest to Fallout with the story. The, I came to that same realization when yeah. I started playing. I'm just like, oh my god, this is like you missed the bus on this one. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Welcome to the fold. Bro. Well, at least you picked up the fourth run. <laughs> Yeah, but no, the game is gorgeous. I mean, yeah. freaking gorgeous. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So, anyways, now that now that I'm depressed about my backlog to my backlog to my backlog. Um. Before we get on with the news, uh, Gamerhead Radio is very, very, very excited to announce that uh, next weekend on May. Ninth. Ninth. Thank you, because I'm good with dates. Um, uh, May 9th, uh, Gamerhead Radio is going to be recording live at the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Brookfield, Illinois. Uh, it's going to be a ridiculously fun amount of time. Um, so you guys should come out and see us. Entrance to the door is... $15 is, is what they charge to get oh, in. Oh, I was just saying for the <laughs> You know, there you go. Um, you were being very literal. He was thinking so well, he just like points to me. He's like, the, the entrance to the door, I'm like... It's it's on Ogden. Like, uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> it's facing north. Yes. <laughs> no, it's fifteen bucks Go to get in. The right. If you get the ca- if you get the can uh, can can or canon uh, Oriental, you've gone too far. There you go. <laughs> okay. What what's cool about this is you're not only going to get entrance to to see the show live, but you're getting you get access to the arcade. And you can everything. If, for those of you who don't know what Galloping Ghost Arcade is, it is turning out to be one of the largest, if now not at this point, the largest arcade in the United States, and. Uh, once you pay it again, you can 
play, open to close, everything's free play. You could just smash the start button and add a million credits if you really want mm-hmm. to and just play whatever. Don't I've, be that I've, guy. I've walked away from machines <laughs> mid-match and been like, whatever. Yeah. And just gone and played something else because you're not losing anything on that. Um, so there's a tremendous value to that, but you're also going to see the live show, and we'll be there to play games with you guys, mm-hmm. too. So um, yeah, It's well, uh, going to be a late night. Yeah. <laughs> they so, close at 2 a.m. Yeah, so we will be recording uh, from 5 to 7-ish, um, and uh, so, so that, that that's the time slot where the show is going to be happening, from 5 to 7 p.m., um, but uh, we will probably be there before and after to enjoy in the uh, multitude of arcade goodness that there is to be had at the Galloping the, the Ghost. Over, I, think, I think over 500 cabinets now. They just added six new ones this week. That's insane, man. One yeah, of which is ever growing. This place is no joke. Um, th- this will be my first time there. Um, I, I'm told that... W- Anytime somebody goes there for the first time, if they're there with somebody who's been there before, that that person is tasked with pulling up their cell phone or whatever and video recording their person's face as soon as they walk in and take a yeah, look at the place. It's a for lot the first to take. In. It fills yeah. you with a childlike <laughs> wonder, like especially for people like us that grew up with arcades and in arcades, like yeah. to go back and see games you haven't played in years or or because you know most arcades have the standard stuff but galloping ghost goes far beyond the pale when it comes to making sure that they have a variety of shit in there like it's crazy man i, I like uh i like to compare it to uh like when charlie enters the char- chocolate factory for the first time in willy wonka you have that oh. face that like like yeah. that room you know and I, I hear that every time i walk in i hear that song that whole like that's awesome your man. imagination <laughs> When you said Come that right now, yeah. and you'll see yes. a world of pure imagination. And it's just video cabinets as far go. as the eye can see. The last time I've heard that song was when I, I took a brewery tour up at Lakefront Brewery. That was that was also amazing. But, anyways. <laughs> but, but, but when he said it, though, it didn't sound like when you just sang it. When he said that, what I heard was imagination from Imagination Land from South Park. Imagination. Because <laughs> he said it more like that. So I was like, what do you... That wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Took me a second, uh, but it's it's amazing. So if you yeah. guys come out, we're just gonna make a fun night of it. You know, you'll get the live show, you'll get to play games until you yes. go cross-eyed. I mean, it's and I, mean, I and I will vouch for the three of us. None of us will deny your request to play games with us, no matter the games. Just yeah, I'll play whatever you guys if, want with you. If you want to kick John's ass at Mortal Kombat 10, I might pay you to do it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's going to take a second to adjust to an arcade stick, because I typically am a controller person, but um, I will throw down. I will play Mortal Kombat and with any Killer Instinct's on their side, too. Oh, my God. I'm rubbing my nipples right now. <laughs> like, I know that this is this is a... Uh, audio. Is audio <laughs> show, but uh, I'm doing it. Yeah. I can vouch for that. It just happened. I'm uncomfortable. All right, so let's move on to the news. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the top five proper, um, I wanted to follow up with uh, something we talked about last week. Uh, a couple of things have come up on Steam here. Um, the gargantuan clusterfuck that was their uh, <laughs> their attempt at uh, having you know partnering with Bethesda to do paid mods in Skyrim. We talked about that. That's over. They've taken the ability and option to do that away. Um, some people are really happy about it because it was so poorly handled and created a lot of controversy. Some people are really pissed about it. I think the people who were looking into prospectively making money are yeah, not probably happy. people who put time and effort into putting stuff, stuff I, up there. And yeah, I do not believe we've heard the last of this though. Hey, it was a hell of a four days for those guys. It was. Yeah. I don't think we've heard the last of this concept. I think it's going to take some. It's going to be back to the drawing board on how to do it without you know uh, upheaval. Um, and then also in the in the same realm as uh, you know Steam and Valve and Steam, uh, 
Valve has given um, publishers who put their games out on Steam the option to ban Steam players from their games permanently if they so choose. Um, not a lot of information so far on what the stipulations of that uh, sort of agreement is or how uh, what kind of powers they're allowing them. Uh, I'm sure we're going to start hearing more about that coming up, but uh, something I wanted to touch on now in case more info comes out about it in the future because I think it's kind of a kind of an interesting thing all these all these things happening on steam they're kind of pioneering a lot of things some of them good maybe some of them not so good kind of hard to tell but just wanted to follow up from the last couple weeks all right coming in at number five this week halo 4's former principal engineer is now helping with amazon's drone fleet so uh polygon wrote this story up a noted and longtime game programmer corinne Yu left the game industry in january to take a lead role at amazon's drone delivery service according to an update on her linkedin profile this week so uh, to give you guys a little background on Corinne Yu, and uh, back in November 2013, she left her job as Halo 4's principal engineer, or excuse me, principal engine uh, programmer to join Naughty Dog, where she worked as a graphics pro- programmer on unannounced PlayStation 4 games. And according to her profile, she left her job at Naughty Dog in November 2014. So somewhere between November and January, she was able to land a deal over at Amazon to um, to start building Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? Because why not? So uh, at Amazon, she'll be in charge of the, com- the quote computer vision for the Prime Air program. Reportedly directing uh, directly to she's reporting directly to Amazon Vice President of Service Paul Viola. So the implication here is that she's going to be writing whatever software it is that uh, maybe uh, helps these drones operate. Um, some of you at home listening may not be familiar with this, but Amazon uh, mentioned at the end of 2014, like sort of late 2014, that they were going to be attempting to launch drone air by air delivery service of your products to expedite shipping. They don't have to send it across. They just use drones to fly in and drop the damn container on your doorstep. 30-minute delivery. 30-minute delivery. Um, this is an amazing idea. There's going to be a lot of problems with this. <laughs> Yeah. A lot I, of problems. I know one man who is yelling and jumping on his job right now about this, and that would be B-Squatter Dan Lotke. Yeah, seriously. Because <laughs> he hates working Sundays Look, for Amazon. <laughs> I'm not going to say that it's not outside the realm of possibility that somebody, I'm not saying me, I mean somebody, might have some whiskey <laughs> and then might get out his <laughs> might get out his air rifle. Maybe start shooting at drones. <laughs> this is not outside of the realm of possibility. You put enough whiskey in a man's hands, and all of a sudden he's going to be trying to throw rocks at things that fly around above his house. <laughs> not to mention the government conspiracy theorist tinfoil hat people that are going to get crazy when this shit's flying overhead of their house. So you're saying there's may or may not be a man in his boxers yelling it's Christmas while you're shooting these things down. It's true. Well, that's the other thing. People are going to be getting things delivered during Christmas. People are going to be knocking these things out of the sky and stealing people's shit. Well, the so the flight ceiling for drones, like as far as how high they fly, it's like these with these delivery services, like they have they're high enough that they have to get FAA clearance. Yeah. So it's not the kind of thing that I mean, like you have to have a sniper rifle to hit one of these things from the well, ground. Well, but the point is, is in order to drop the package, it's got to come down somewhere. Yeah, but the the way that they're that I understand they're going to work is they're pretty much going to go to where they're going to go, and then they they pretty much go directly above it and then go straight down. They don't like 
they don't like curve down into no, it. No, no, I believe so, that, yeah. but I'm saying like if you see one flying, I know there's some insane ass people that will follow it to wherever it's going, wait for it to drop and then go. <laughs> it's it's possible. I think they're high enough so that you wouldn't be able to really see them without assistance. Without That's good. That's good. Whatever, but, I, yeah. I want this idea to flourish. I yeah. think it's cool as shit. Yeah. Oh, but I digress. Um, so the putting prime air into service will take some time, but we will deploy when we have the regu- uh, the regulatory support needed to realize our vision. Use career in gaming development stretches back to the King's Quest series. Um, other other notable works that she worked on um, creating engines for entirely uh, are Spec Ops Rangers Lead the Way, uh, working as a lead technology programmer at 3D Realms and the director of technology at Gearbox Software. So this lady has a very storied uh, history as a, you know an engine developer. Um, she's a member of a number of industry advisory boards, including Microsoft Graphics Board and... Uh, Siggraph. In 2010, Kotaku named you one of the most influential women in games of the past decade. She's also spent some time working on non-gaming efforts, including the space shuttle program at Rockwell International, California. Hey, I'm going to take some time off from my programming and my engine design to just, you know, fucking work on shuttles and shit, you know? <laughs> um, it's probably better that she's going over to, uh, to, to work on drone development because this is obviously a mind that, uh, that supersedes, uh, you know, game development... Not that game development couldn't use great minds like this, but yep. uh, good for her, man. That's a, that's a hell of a get. Yeah. I, given her resume, I'm not at all surprised that uh, that Kotaku named her one of the most influential women of games in the past decade. She's, uh, she, she's got some skills. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a pedigree. So uh, uh, it, 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 when you, when you get uh, your packages dropped on your front door or um, whether you're trying to get the packages dropped at your front door or you're shooting them out of the sky, you'll have her to thank for, uh, for helping develop the engine that uh, operates. As soon as, as soon as this is available, the three of us should order the new copy of Halo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and just, just, just keep in mind, folks, the, the, these, these drones were built by somebody who worked on Halo. It's entirely possible the drones will shoot back. Yes. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so have your ward hard reggae. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Coming in at number four, Far Cry development team pledges up to a hundred thousand dollars to aid Nepal. So, um, for anybody who's living under a rock and doesn't know, this week uh, the Nepal was struck by a seven point eight Richter scale magnitude, you know, earthquake. Goat's waving. Goat did not know. Goat was completely unaware. I was just like, yeah, they funded money to Nepal, and he was like, fuck happened in Nepal. I was like, it it almost doesn't exist anymore. That's what happened in Nepal. Those poor people over there. Um, currently, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not going to talk too much about this portion of it, as not to bring the uh, the show down, but there were five thousand people killed in an earthquake in Nepal. Um, and that number is still going up. Yeah, seven point eight. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of big. Um, for those that didn't teeth. die, they displaced a lot of people. Lost their homes. Have lost their businesses. Are gone. You know. And this was not. Uh, these were in like central parts of Nepal. It wasn't like out in the middle of nowhere. These were in, in like you know capital cities and things like that. And a lot of people were really really um, beat up pretty bad. So obviously, whenever something like this happens, a lot of places from around the world will come together and try to provide aid to these countries once they're damaged and torn up. Um, but uh, in the middle of all of that stuff, the Far Cry development team announced that it would take part pledging up uh, to match up to $100,000 in donations to the Canadian Red Cross. Because for anybody who doesn't know, um, you know, Far Cry development team is a part of uh, Ubisoft, and Ubisoft is primarily a Canadian, and, you know, French-Canadian um, development studio. Um so the quote comes in as saying, having spent the last few years working on Far Cry 4, a game heavily inspired by Nepal and its people, 
It is with heavy hearts that the Far Cry family pulls together to raise money for Canadian Red Cross, who are mobilizing their traveling hospital team to uh, Kathmandu to offer support and medical assistance. The Far Cry donation page also goes on to say that the Far Cry team will match donations up to uh, first $100,000. Thanks for your generosity, and please spread the word. So if any of you guys out there are wanting to um, you know, help aid Nepal... There's a number of ways to do it, you know, but as gamers and people who participate in gaming as part of our hobby, this may be a good conduit for you guys to do that. Um, tweets from both the official Far Cry and Ubisoft Twitter accounts confirmed that the campaign was legitimate, so this is not a backwoods thing. This is actually happening. Um, at last look, the campaign had raised a little over uh, $4,500 in donations. That number's gone up considerably since this story was originally published. Um, so there is still a long ways to go before they hit their donation ceiling. Charlie, you got updates? At time of recording, they're now at $56,477. That's great. So, I mean, it's going up. You know, if you've got a little something extra in your pocket, you know, give, give to Nepal. Those poor people are in, in dire shape over there. So, um, whether you love Ubisoft or hate Ubisoft, uh, this is a really, really great effort on their behalf. And as far as I'm concerned, whatever... You know, ill will they've garnered with uh, some buggy or need patching sort of things. You know, this is a damn fine thing, and I don't see anybody else dropping hundred thousand dollars on a busted country. Oh, and this fixes everything. They may not be able to put up. They put out busted ass games, but they're trying to fix a country. Yeah. Well, yeah. Safe. I mean, I mean, the 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 good way to look at it is this: a hundred thousand dollars may not be that much money to a company like Ubisoft, mm-hmm. as large as they are, but to a, a third world country like Nepal. $100,000 is going to go so far to feed people and aid them and shelter them yep. and give them medical supplies. And I mean, it's a pretty cool thing, mm-hmm. man. I wish everybody in gaming would stand up and do neat things like this. So. Yeah, I definitely, it's uh, it's a, it's the same kind of story that we see whenever, um, you know, like whenever like a game company uh, studio closes or whatever, and we see like all this outreach from the game community. It's like, you know, that this is these are the times where I especially love the gaming community about how connected and caring and everything that they can be, especially towards, yeah. you know, because um, you know, it was complete coincidence. I started to play Far Cry 4 this week and I definitely see, you know, we, we've said this about other games recently too, but I definitely see the love and care that they put into the detail of this game. Yeah. And so I'm not at all surprised about this. You can tell that they did their, their research homework and maybe, I mean, a lot of times when they're, when they're acquiring, yeah. Um, assets to structure the mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of the development team goes there and actually. I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm sure. This, I'm, you know. I, yeah, I'm sure they spent a lot of time there, and so this is probably very personal for them. God damn it, Ubisoft! Right when I'm about ready to wash my hands and be <laughs> well played, Ubisoft, you slippery bastards. This, this I will go on record to say is a very, very good day one patch. <laughs> there you go. Huh. 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 I'm okay. You I'm, just broke Charlie's brain. I, so many feelings about that comment. Okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's move away from that and and uh, put a little fire into the show and open up a discussion. Number three, video game Hall of Fame finalists revealed. So, um, if you guys remember, the National Museum of Play, uh, Strong National Museum of Play, announced uh, that they were going to be doing uh, video game Hall of Fame listings. Um, they took in submissions from people, you know, um, and I guess some of this was based on, uh, you know, the amount of feedback they got from people on what should be considered a top 15 finalist list uh, for Video Game Hall of Fame. So, the games were evaluated by experts based on, quote, icon status, longevity, geographical reach, and the influence it has had on the design of other games, entertainment, popular culture, and society in general. Having said that... (laughs) 
There is some questionable content in this uh, in this list. I will admit most of the stuff that's on this list probably deserves to be there, especially when you factor in the cultural reach or impact. Mm-hmm. But I have less problems with what's on the list, and I have more problems with what's not on the list. Um, the 15 finalists are as follows. Angry Birds. And everyone shit their pants with rage. Angry Birds. No, these... I- yeah, these are listed in alphabetical order. So. They are. They <laughs> are in alphabetical order. Angry Birds, Doom, FIFA, The Legend of Zelda, Minecraft, The Oregon Trail, Pac-Man, Pokemon, Pong, The Sims, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Invaders, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. Do you guys have any beef with this list? Ah... Uh... I, Goat shaking his head. No, you're fine with this. I, given the given the parameters of this list, that is a perfect. You list. don't think anything's missing? Um, no, because I think <clears throat> cultural, uh, cultural reach and stuff like that, and sales and regional and all that stuff. The the, the, the parameters they've set, those all match. There are some cult favorites that are off the list, but they don't fit into the parameter set. Okay. I th- I think that's a fair comment. Um. You know, it's it, it, it's it's hard to swallow that Angry Birds is sitting up here amongst other games like this, but because of the quality of what it is, yeah, yeah, just yeah, just because it's 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 it's. You but know, every it's, one of us in this room has had a version of Angry Birds on yeah, a phone. I, I won't no, deny no, the no, cultural. I've, reach. I've played a lot of games. That's not that's not saying anything. Yeah. Um, the but it's yeah, it's that's I'm the just thing. It's, yeah, yeah, from from quality and artsmanship and craftsmanship and everything of a game. I mean, Angry Birds does not belong here, but from the angle of cultural impact and things like that. I mean, like Angry Birds has had significant cultural impact on um on uh, you know on 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 you know, they they pretty much yes. le- they they pretty much legitimize mobile gaming. I yeah, mean, they so did. They um, did. you know, I'll give them that much for sure. I, I defend them in the fact that you can go around the, the world and say Angry Birds to anyone in your language, and they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Now, I I off the air, I had a couple of comments about games that I thought, based on their pedigree in gaming, and based on the fact that they are not low number selling games, should probably have been on this list. The two of which, for me, uh, chiefly were a Final Fantasy game. Because whether you love that series or hate that series, think about if you think about what Final Fantasy VII did for gaming and the during the PlayStation One era, the way that it it yeah. changed storytelling and CGI and you know what I mean. Like it was just um, that was a pretty big game in that era. And um, was the Final Fantasy series is not a there's a millions selling, you know what I mean, game series. I kind yeah. of feel like it should have been in there. One of them at least should have been in there. Um, yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely agree with that. Um, the the other thing that I question is having Doom on here, but not having Wolfenstein. That seemed odd to me. Yeah. Um, I understand why, because Doom was the more recognized game between the two of them, but, but Wolfenstein laid the groundwork for Doom. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, do, I do think that Metal Gear should be on this list as well. You know, massively. Goat disagrees. It's too culty. Oh. That is also a millions-selling game series. That is not a small game series at all. That but, that's that game will move PlayStation Four units. I promise yeah, but, you. But 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 the thing is, is I don't know if those go worldwide. Like that might be just like Japan and us huge. 
You know what I'm saying? Which is not nothing, though. But yeah. in terms of cultural impact, I could understand why Metal Gear wouldn't be on the mm. list. But I think, it's hard. I think that's the, the X factor. Oh. It's hard for me, as somebody who loves gaming as much as I do, to see games that you know have revolutionized the medium that all of this is being based on anyways for those to get left out. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, from the cult side of it, and, and I do agree that this wouldn't impact because of the cult status of it, but I think Chrono Trigger should have been on that list. I know I'm the minority there. No. But. I mean, it was a great game to be... To, you know, to but be Final Fantasy... That. Yeah. Well, one is, of the two of those, brother, yeah. either one of those. So, some, some square title. Yeah, yeah. So, And this might just be the first class. Maybe, you know. They um, haven't said if they're doing multiple classes. This isn't a definitive, you know, they, they might, if it's a Hall of Fame, they should have inductees every year from here on out, one would think. Possibly so. Um, they, they talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, some of the information for it. So inductees are going to be announced during a presentation at the Strong Museum in Rochester, New York on Thursday, June 4th at 10.30 a.m. So if you're in the New York area, and at, uh, you know, in uh, Rochester, New York, if you want to go to the museum, you can watch and participate as this takes place. Um, they will then be put on display at the museum's e-game revolution exhibit. So a uh, quote that follows that is, the 15 finalists for the World Video Game Hall of Fame span decades, gaming platforms, and geographies, but what they all have in common is their undeniable impact on popular culture and society in general. And this comes from the Strong Museum's uh, John Paul Dyson. He goes on to say, whether it's the groundbreaking game Pong or more recent viral sensations like Minecraft, all of these games have helped shape the way that people across the globe play and relate to one another. Um, so that kind of nixes your two. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, obviously. I, yeah. I, I'm basing that purely on what I think those games have done for gaming, what yeah. they've influenced. I mean, a lot of people would kind of chuckle at the concept of JRPG-style, like, active time battle systems mm-hmm. being really much of anything now. But there was a large window where pretty much any RPG that came out was, that was just, it. like, that was it. Yeah. There, you know, I mean, we're talking before Elder Scrolls was popular mm-hmm. and changed what people wanted in RPGs and but stuff that, like that. But that, you know? that's also represented in Pokemon. Yeah. Sure. But these games predate Pokemon as well. Yeah. I, I can't argue with the cultural impact Pokemon has had, obviously, but I'm talking about, um, you know, what they took, what Pokemon took from JRPGs mm-hmm. existed well before they were a thing. So yeah. I... I I can't argue the cultural differences, but that's just my two cents on it. I think a couple, there's a couple games missing from that list. Yeah, I'm looking through some of the comments on the uh, article that we're, that we're referencing off of GameSpot, and I, I, I came across one that I think is a, is a very big omission as well. Zork. Zork should be on Zork, this list. Zork, there would be no Zelda. Or not, not Zork, uh, Zelda. Um, that really did, there, that style of game for a while... I, I, there would be no mist, yeah, without Zork, yeah, even you know? even mist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that was that was very revolutionary for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no tempest on there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even like Seventh Guest, I think, um, was, yeah. uh, was another one that was very mm-hmm. revolutionary for the time. Yeah. Um, I you know I guess uh, the amount of you know had less Seventh Guest probably didn't have as much impact um, as some well, of these other ones, but mist I think especially I, I'm surprised that was not on there. But but you guys are missing that main thing, the pop culture thing. Like this is like we're gamers, we know what we're talking about, we know that it's impacted our world. These are games that you know your grandmother, you walk up to her and go Minecraft. She's like, I've heard about that on the news. Well, th- that's because it sells merchandise in stores that she's probably seen. But that's what they're saying. That that's the main. I think that's yeah. the factor that's making this list so. What it is, is because... Okay, that's fair. You know what I'm surprised isn't on this list, based on the fact that you see him in every damn thing in mainstream video game, anything, is Donkey Kong. It's not on there. 
Mario's bigger than Donkey Kong. Mario's bigger than Donkey Kong, but it's a separate game. It could still be eligible. Yeah. But think about anything you ever seen video game. Well, I mean, even, was... even Wreck It Ralph. You know, hey, what I mean? hey, like it's you know. <laughs> well, Mario was in Donkey Kong. Yeah, he was, but it wasn't a Super Mario game. He was yeah. featured in Donkey Kong. But that's just I'm just saying. Mario's but I'm surprised guy. he's not on there. What do you guys think about World of Warcraft versus Warcraft? Uh, I think World of Warcraft is culturally more relevant, considering okay. it had World 12 War- million paid subscribers at one yeah, point. Yeah, I say World of Warcraft is the reason that League of Legends exists and yeah, all okay. of MMO yeah. stardom. I, I agree. Just I know a lot of people <laughs> hate it. I know a lot of people who hate MMOs and want nothing to do with them. But if, the people, the people, if you yeah. if you played World of Warcraft when it was when it was on its way up and at its peak, it was. I don't know how to describe it to you if you missed the boat on that at its peak. You could go mm-hmm. on and play it now, but it's not what it was when it was... I mean, that game really changed it a lot of... opened a new genre. Yeah, <laughs> it really, really blew the doors off of some things. And yeah. at, at its peak was a blast to play if you were playing with friends. It's so good, you know. And not and, and to the, I will say this, that game still has some of the best level design I've ever seen in terms of like the, its map layouts. If you play... I don't know what it is, but the entire zone of Vashir, the underwater sections for that game, I've never seen underwater areas in a game handled like that, and it is beautiful, and it's brilliantly designed, and it puts oceans in any other game to shame, period. I mean, Blizzard's very good at what they do. I mean, yes, there's no are. joke about that, so, or yeah. there's no, rather, there's, there's no doubt what, about what that. What was Ricky's but. thing? They have that status? <laughs> Oh, LTFO status. Yeah, yeah left the fuck alone <laughs> yeah. status, he said. That's right, that's right. Um, but so, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm. We definitely want to know what you guys think. Yeah. Let us know if there's anything that you think is missing off of this list. I, th- I, think, that, I think the majority of us are probably in agreement with that the stuff that is on the list is probably... Probably okay, deserves we, to be We there. get why it's there, but mm-hmm. uh, let us know what you think is missing, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, give us your, uh, your biased opinion. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think... What do you think on that list shouldn't be there if you think anything at all and what do you think should be on the list that isn't coming in at number two ukulele the fastest video game to hit one million dollars on kickstarter so Bladesonic games is made up of a handful of people that um that that did work on the banjo kazooie games they threw up a kickstarter to fund this new game ukulele um which is stylized the spelling is y-o-o-k-a dash l-a-y-l-e-e so yuka dash laylee um, which is a little green lizard that has a bat little buddy hanging on his back and the bat flies and flaps around and can carry you over ledges and stuff. It's very typical uh, 3D platformer type stuff from that era. I, I described the lizard before as if, if Gex was a Skylander. <laughs> that, that's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, they threw up the Kickstarter in hopes to, uh, to reach a goal of um, $270,000. That's what they were looking for. The game was funded in 40 minutes. <laughs> um, at this point, they've got well over a million dollars in holding. I mean, like, they crushed it hard. Um, and there's still 44 days left to go. Yeah. So if they've made that much money um, in, in just a matter of days, I can't imagine what they're going to walk away with. This says two things, John. Mm. One... It's going to be on every platform known to man, and two more that you don't know about yet. And two, <laughs> people have been waiting for a new Kazooie game for a minute and have no problems paying for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love when things like this in the gaming world happen, where people... We're always joking around on the show about vote with your dollar. Yeah. This is a primary example of 
unfiltered dollar voting, you know? <laughs> People either come together and back something or they don't. Now, sometimes they back insane shit. Like, I did see a couple of years ago somebody put up as a joke on Kickstarter, um, you know, back my potato salad recipe, and I think they were had a $12 goal, and they ended up making like a million bucks or something like that. It was some insane thing. Now, here's one of the reasons why this is so successful. The um the so if you're not familiar with Kickstarter, they have different tiers where you get different rewards, and so of course the one on this one that everybody's going to care about is the tier that gets you the game. Um, the game basically costs you fifteen dollars, so they are definitely hitting the price right there. Oh yeah, yeah. This is not um, which which makes me also wonder though is is what kind of game are we going to be getting out of this though? I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I'm 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 excited. I love Banjo Kazooie, and so whatever this is, I'm going to play it, but. At the same time, fifteen dollars. I mean, that's like a, like an Xbox Live tier title. So it, yeah. makes, it makes me. I mean, like it's not. We're not talking about like a like a sixty dollar release here. So I'm just wondering what uh, how much content we're going to get out of this game. But when you pull in that much money on a game, um, the question becomes: Do you, if it was an arcade sized title that they were looking to release a, uh, just do a. Like oh here's here's a four to six hour arcade title. Um, think like Child of Light style. Like here's four to six hours of consistently good content. When you make this much money and it blows the doors off of what your original budget was, when you literally have yeah, almost four true. times the amount of budget that you that you originally set out to do, do you have a responsibility as a developer to broaden the scope of that game, or do you just develop what you said you're going to keep the rest of the money? <laughs> you know. Real quick, real quick clarification. Sorry, fifteen dollars for the Steam version, twenty four dollars for the console version. Just, still, yeah, still, but yeah. I think this is a, a mighty number nine thing again. Where you got in early, you got a hell of a deal on a hell of a product because yeah. they only want two hundred seventy thousand. So they, they obviously, when you start your Kickstarter, you're like, hey, we only want two hundred seventy grand. Uh, twenty four bucks for a disc? Yeah, sure, why not? You don't expect to be like. Well, we blew the doors off that and three houses down. I'm guessing they'll do the same thing like Mighty Number no. 9 did where they'll, they'll add and add. Make a and full add. development cycle yeah. out of it. And make a, you they'll, know. they'll keep updating as the money comes in. They'll keep updating their site and being like, hey, we can do this now. Hey, we're going to do this now. Hey, we're going to do this now. You know. I, I, um, I hope that they take it and stretch it and make it a bigger game, a more full-featured game. I, I would love that. I think, I think that's the responsible thing to do with all that extra money. Um. But I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what they want to do with it, right? I'm just looking over the, the different award tiers here, and I'm, I'm loving this one. So they added, they added this tier due to popular demand. So for $5,300, and they only had uh, 10 slots for this, and they're all gone. Oh, my God. Uh, you get to be in the game. Full voice acting credit and everything. That's worth five grand. <laughs> I, I, would, I would do that. <laughs> because you know what? That, uh, think about it like this. If those people... Uh, who bought those slots are any sort of aspiring voiceover artist yeah. that that gets you an IMDb credit. Yeah, oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's you know, true. That's that's a and resume it looks builder. Really sweet on that resume. Mm-hmm. Right next. It's cool, to... man. I love it when people do creative things yeah. like that. Include the people who are funding the product. You know, it's it's cool. Uh, I will be purchasing this. I will probably, oh, yeah. even though it's been crushed, I will probably be uh, participating in uh, the funding of this campaign. Yep. Well, what are you gonna do though? Your tier's done. You can't be in the game. I know, god damn it. I'll make my own game. No. Um, congrats to those guys, and uh, good on them for putting something out that Con- entices people. Congrats to the Banjo fans. Between you're finally getting what you've been asking for for yeah. way too long. 
between this and talking about Strider earlier, it mm-hmm. seems like there's a little bit of old school game flavor rubbing off on the now. It's kind of nice to see a little bit of a comeback on those things. Everything is circular, including video games, apparently. Yeah, so it seems. Well, the other disc. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, tonight, you are, you are literal goat tonight. That's what you are. <sighs> John, what's number one? Coming in at number one. Konami. What the, the hell? fuck are you guys doing over there? <laughs> There's been a lot of weird things happening in the Konami camp. I'm not even I'm not even referencing an article for this discussion because it's it's so like commonly out there what's happening at this point. So the brief rundown for those of you who may not be familiar, we did talk very briefly uh, a few episodes back about how uh, Konami looks to have quietly fired Hideo Kojima, um, the the creator and producer for Metal Gear. At first, nobody was sure whether he was fired or whether he chose to leave. Things got quiet. Things got a little sullen. Um, Hideo Kojima took down his Twitter. Anything that had his name on it was changed uh, or taken down and replaced with just, you know, anything that had Fox Engine or uh, Hideo Kojima Production, all of that stuff was taken down and replaced with, you know, Konami, everything. Um, On top of that, uh, as I understand it, TGS this year, it's the first time uh, since he, he started making Metal Gear games, so essentially his career, first time in his career that Hideo Kojima has not gone to or participated in a TGS. So people thought that was a little weird. He's dead silent. Everybody's saying he's doing that in order to ensure that the remaining time that he has to complete Metal Gear Solid Five, um, Phantom Pain, between now and its release, goes unbothered by Konami. They are obligated by contract to let him finish his time on the game, but after that, done. Um, so that's why everyone's saying he's silent and no one's talking about it to preserve the quality of the game and just focus on finishing that, which I respect and understand. That leads to the next thing. Konami has officially canceled Silent Hills. Um, they took the PT demo down off of the PlayStation store. Um, you know, if you guys have not noticed already, um, if you already downloaded it at some point you will have continued access to download it again it's just that if you didn't you won't as an insane side story to this people are putting up ps4s preloaded with the game and their psn account and information for sale for fifteen hundred dollars a unit are people buying it for that yes oh my crazy people are buying it it's insane now a lot of people are very unhappy about the fact that that silent hills is not going to happen um so much so that there's a 50,000-person petition floating around out there trying to implore Konami to bring it back. I don't think those people are going to get what they want at all. It's nice, and I'm sure Konami's maybe a little bit sad because those are sales numbers walking right away from them. Um, even even uh, Norman Reedus and uh, Guillermo del Toro both said that they kind of confirmed, which I think forced Konami's hand to actually make a, an announcement about it, they both said at separate times and separate places, it's just not happening, you know. And Guillermo del Toro seemed like he was very bothered and upset by the fact that it wasn't going to happen. Still, not a word from Hideo Kojima. Um, one of the voiceover artists for Phantom Pain got online. It was just like, yeah, they fired him. You know, started talking about what happened, and of course, like two days later, she issued an apology and said, "I'm not really in a position to make any sort of statements about that. Sorry, I was just shooting off, you know, with the mouth." Um, so I'm sure that, uh, Konami's lawyers repelled from their helicopters right into her bedroom and (laughs) told her to take that shit off the internet. Um, 
it's weird, man. There's some really weird things happening over there at uh, Konami, and uh, I think that they they really did fuck themselves out of a lot of sales. I think Silent Hills, based on those three things, Norman Reedus, uh, Guillermo del Toro, Hideo Kojima, and just the name itself, and based on how cool PT was, I think that game would have sold really well. Yeah. What the hell, man? What do you guys think about all this? Yeah, I just I have I have such a hard time just understanding what possible chain of events could have led up to all of these things happening. It's 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 just it's just so much and so in such a short amount of time affecting I mean, so many things. It's like it's like they're going nuclear over there and it's just, it's it's messing with my head. Let's be honest too, with the exception of Metal Gear and Silent Hill, What's Konami got going on? So, in terms of Konami's stable, they've got, uh, of course, Metal Gear and Silent Hill, um, Pro Evolution Soccer, uh, Castlevania, Bamani, also known as Dance Dance Revolution, uh, Suikoden, and Contra, Gradius, which, of course, you know, those two games haven't had entries in uh, some time. That's it. I'm done. That's the list. So, I mean, everybody, there's a couple of like cult favorites on there. Everybody, you know, loves Contra. Um, everybody loves Castlevania. And the last couple Castlevania games were successful and they were good, but those were also produced by Hideo Kojima. The only reason, right. the only reason that those You're games, about the Lords of Shadow games? yeah, the, at least the first one was produced by him. But the, the whole point is he brought legitimacy back to that series. If you remember the handful of Castlevania games that came out, before that, unless they were like um, Game Boy Advance SP titles or you know DS versions of those games, which played like classic side-scrolling mm, Castlevania, that's fine. But th- he found a way to take these 3D versions of Castlevania, which any 3D attempts at Castlevania prior to this, anybody remember the N64 Castlevania games? Fuck me. They were terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Pea soup fog, the likes of which... It, I, even for an N64 back in the day, man, the fog was impressive. Um, so I, I think they fucked up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it yeah. now. Konami fucked up. They have also, which is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard from a video game company, on top of all this, which the timing of it, is this intentional? Is it not intentional? They have voluntarily delisted themselves from the New York Stock Exchange. What? Why? Yeah, why? Why? They claim that because, um, they claim it's because in order to maintain, and I didn't know this prior because I'm not a stock person, in order to maintain an active public trading forum for um, any company on the New York Stock Exchange, you have to pay yearly in fees to the New York Stock Exchange $5 million a year in fees. They claim that they're doing it, that this has nothing to do with the Hideo Kojima stuff and the cancellation of these things, that they're doing it because they don't believe that what it is that they trade is worth the $5 million a year that they're paying the New York Stock Exchange. I don't buy that. All of this, front to back, sounds to me like a company that's coming apart at the seams 
and is in trouble. Here's Konami's official statement regarding this uh, this delisting. The company listed its uh, ADSs on the New York Stock Exchange in September 2002 mainly to diversify its opportunities for fundraising and to raise the visibility of the Konami brand. Since then, the company has made efforts to enhance disclosures for shareholders and investors with the goal of deepening their understanding of the company, in addition to complying with the disclosure requirements of the U.S. securities law and regulations, yada, 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 yada. Meanwhile, the external environment has significantly changed as indicated by the increases in trading volume of Japanese Stocks through stock exchanges in Japan by overseas investors due to the internationalization of the Japanese financial and capital markets, as well as the narrowing of the gap between U.S. and Japanese disclosure standards with respect to financial reporting due to a series of amendments to Japanese laws and regulations and accounting standards. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry, my brain is being overloaded by bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, um, yep, fluffy, fluffy, fluff. Uh, while the company believes the initial objectives of the U.S. ADS listing were mainly achieved, it has judged that the continued listing on the New York Stock exchange is not economically justified taking into account the market changes as stated above and the fact that the trading volume of the ADSs on the New York Stock Exchange for only a small f- uh, accounts for only a small fraction of the total trading volumes of its shares. Therefore, the company has decided to apply for voluntary de- voluntarily delisting of its ADSs from the New York Stock Exchange and for a termination of resignation <laughs> of its ADSs with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, under the Exchange Act. Otherwise known as no one's buying our stock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, on America, in, in, on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, yeah, in the New York Stock Exchange. Still, though, um, the timing of this is not good. It doesn't look good. No. So, I got two theories here. And one is, it's gone nuclear, all hell's breaking loose, and they're just going to implode in themselves. But, the Stock Exchange delisting makes me think that they're just done in America, like, the ship has sailed. They're going to go back home and and hang out there and continue putting Maybe. out Maybe. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this about Konami, but they've got their hands in other pies, too. They they, they, they make slot machines. They, yeah. they have gaming. Part of their mm-hmm. gaming division is slot machines and casinos. So, I mean, they, they make money there, too. It's not just video games. And on top of that, what, what do you suppose their biggest selling game is in terms of revenue? If I were just guessing yeah. outright? Yeah. Um... Like That's tough. Series. Aggregate, like, because some of these series have been around for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I would I would guess I would guess that it's Metal Gear, you know. So so you wouldn't guess that it's Pro Evolution Soccer. I would. I, 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 I would. mean I guess that makes sense because FIFA is such a big thing. But soccer is worldwide and soccer nuts play it as bad as Americans yeah. play Madden. Well then you'd be right, because that is their yeah. that is their base. Anytime there's a soccer title, pick the soccer title. <laughs> yeah. But I, I would love to see what those sales numbers are versus versus FIFA, because I guarantee you it's it's the, the leftovers of the people who get bored playing FIFA playing pro pro Evo soccer. I guarantee you it's Yeah. Well, yeah. It can't it can't possibly be comparable. But um, so I guess we'll wait to see. Where is Konami this... in trouble, you yeah. guys, or are they just making changes? Do you think this is all just upheaval to change the way they do things? A lot of companies seem to be going towards like mobile development and shit. Maybe they're, maybe they're just changing their business model. Maybe I, they're trying to get away from all. I, that I think they're just salty that FIFA got on the uh, the uh, <laughs> on the. Uh, the Hall, of Hall of Fame list. It's not on the list. <laughs> you know what? You're fucking fired. You're fired. <laughs> We're not trading stocks anymore. Silent Hill's stupid. 
So this could just be a CEO uh, blow up. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we're going to sell Silent Hills. Uh, Norman Reedus is in it. Everybody loves Walking Dead. I don't care. He looks like an angry lesbian. Cancel it. <laughs> you are going to get hate mail. Oh, no, I love Norman Reedus, dude. Okay. He's great. You know, um, I, I like him just fine. I don't like him on Walking Dead. I think that character is overrated. Go ahead. Fucking storm my inbox. I, I would care. like to agree with you. That would be uh, John at GamerheadRadio.com. Yeah, that's right. The, the fucking trades, the paperbacks are better. Vastly better. But that show is hideously overrated. Time's going to tell on that. But you got, you got I love Norman Reedus. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I don't think that there's anything wrong with making the observation of what my eyeball sees is that Norman Reedus looks like an angry lesbian. <laughs> and on the show, an angry, dirty lesbian who needs a shower. You know? He's a great Marcus. actor. I'm not talking bad about the guy. He just looked like an he's, angry lesbian. He's playing the part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I digress. <laughs> I, I I I can't help but feel like Konami's in trouble here. I mean, like this is way too much backpedaling and just bad stuff to be happening in such a short amount of time for it to be rainbows and sunshine over there. There's going to come a time really soon where we're going to be the old guard explaining to people what Betamax was. Huge, legendarily sized, influential companies, guys like Konami, Capcom, and Namco used to be not those three companies used to be oh god if they put something out it was on the radar you yeah. were paying attention oh man they're all of these companies are coasting on nostalgia oh, at this point yeah. we're gonna be those old guys in the vinyl shop talking about Electra records <laughs> oh man wow yeah you're probably right about that or I TVT <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, uh, let us know what you think about uh, Konami. Let us know if you think they're going to be around for much longer. And um, I think they're just closing their American flower. Good luck, Konami, I guess. But stop fucking it up for the rest of us, man. Yeah. I really wanted to play Silent Hills. So we'll play two Silent Hill games together. Not the same thing. I'm, God, I'm telling you, that go. game would have been something special. It really would have been something special. I had a great feeling about that. It's a shame. Anyways, though, you know, uh, Godspeed. And let's move on to... Another thing that's kind of dying. Physical media. So since it came up in discussion on the show last week, we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the whole digital versus physical and just uh, see uh, see where that's going and everything. And so um, in general, uh, go, uh, currently, are you buying the majority of your games physically or digitally and why? Um, well, I'm doing both. Triple uh, A titles. Are physical okay? Um, obviously, my my free titles and my <laughs> my uh, I'll call them arcade titles till the day I die. Sure. Um, uh, I buy obviously because they're digitally, but right. there's some of them where I would probably buy physically. Given like the Child of Light, I wouldn't mind buying that physically. But I think it's like the quality of the game. Like if it's sixty dollars, I don't trust my hard drive with that kind of money. Okay, fair enough. Fifteen it sucks, but. It's an easier pill to swallow if technology disaster strikes. Okay. John, what about you? Are you physical or digital? I, I fancy myself a collector of games. I don't trade anything in. I, don't, I like my physical media. Now, this is... I enjoy having the tchotchkes. I like having a collection to show off and display. Um, but I also, I also like the reliability of knowing that if something doesn't work properly, it's going to... I have a physical disc... You know, um, the downside to that is anytime I move, packing up my game collection and moving it is ungainly and it is a massive pain in the ass and it's always heavy. Um, 
I do find myself. I have we talked about on Steam. I have a disgustingly large library on Steam, so obviously I'm not opposed to digital download stuff. Um, but I I kind of feel like things like games with gold and the free titles on PlayStation Network. It's kind of ingenious because it's getting people comfortable with the idea of downloading games and keeping a digital library. I actually have probably more games in my digital Xbox One library than I do my physical library because over the course of time, they've given you so many free games. So I can see why a lot of people are moving away from physical media. I always want a physical disc if I can have it. Surprisingly, I don't own the physical disc for Killer Instinct because I bought it and paid for the like the full editions well before that game was made a physical release. It was a big enough success digitally that they decided to package it physically, which you don't see very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I am kind of with GOAT. Premium titles, AAA titles, for some reason, are never a download for me. Probably because the hard drive is too small and those are usually massive downloads. But I also kind of... I don't... If I'm spending $60 on it, by God, I want something in my hand. Yeah. That's you know my thing. I, mean? I want my I think trophy. That's what it is. I don't think yeah. that I, I feel comfortable spending more than $30 on a digital title. I don't. I think $29.99 is my cap for a digital title without having something physical to show for it. Now, if uh, is that only if you have the option? Or like if a game came out that was only digital and was still $60, bucks, would would you get it? If it were a good enough title, sure. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't cheat myself of the experience if it's the only option I have, but given the option, I will always take a physical disc. That option better have a free trial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I, I'm right there with you guys. It's, uh, it's you know, games to me, they're, they're collector's items. John, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, I was going to say that after Goat said it, it, it you know, said, uh, said his opinion on the matter, and then you said it right after the bat. It's, uh, you know, games to me, they're, they're collector's items. It's something that I want to be able to, like, pass on to my kids and something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, sure. These, these are... These are, you know, so some people collect, you know, I, I don't think it's any different than people who collect movies or collect uh, CDs mm-hmm. or vinyls or what have you. Um, you know, these, these are pieces of, uh, you know, yes, they're interactive digital media, but I mean, you know, it's, I, I don't think that they're any less culturally or significantly relevant yeah. than, um, than any of those other things. And so that they are absolutely, um, you know, collector's items for me. Um, anytime I ever have the option, pretty much just like you guys said, I always buy physical. Um, for that very reason, um, my other big thing is that there have been games that have been delisted from their relevant stores, and um, you know if uh, if you've got a game sitting on a hard drive that that gets delisted and then your hard drive dies because hard drives always eventually die, die yeah. um, you're screwed. I mean, uh, like you, it's something that you pay money for that you no longer have access to. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm one of those people. I have on my 360, I have a copy of Street Fighter 2, um, which they took down at some point. It's gone. Sure. And it's still on my hard drive. I can still download it, um, but eventually that will be gone. Just and, gone. Yep. And this this plays right into our earlier discussion about PT. I mean, like there are certain things that are that are worth playing. You know, they're not just like garbage titles that they got rid of because nobody was playing. I mean, I mean, I mean like Marvel versus Capcom games, like Scott Scott uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That arcade game has been delisted. I did not know uh, that actually. Yeah. I have that on my hard drive too. And there's another one then. Wow. Uh, maybe you can eBay that thing at some point. You need to sell <laughs> your 360. Yeah. <laughs> I have a few things like that on my hard drive that just uh, they're yeah. gone. You know, you can't get them anymore. Yeah, they um they uh, with with that Double one, Dragon. They did that with Double Dragon. With with Scott Pilgrim at least. Like, I guess there's something about needing to renew the license cuz it's a license yeah. property and they didn't want to do that and so yeah um but uh but yeah i mean that's for me it's i mean honestly for me at the very least just because of how sensitive i am about 
the 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 finite life of a hard drive yeah it's 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 more about the eventually being able to not access something that i paid money for yeah that's the thing that bugs me yeah, more than even just the collectability um so at least that's my take on it um so all that being said do you guys think we're ever going to see a digital only world? Do you think that's coming? I think that I think that the powers that be are certainly pushing us in that direction yeah. or at least trying to slowly usher us in that direction. I think the only thing that will the the one wrench in the spokes, the one thing that's slowing down the inevitability of getting to that place at some point is the speed with which these things can be delivered. That's it. Once the once you know Google Fiber hits and you can you can download and or play a game at streaming speeds and there's not you know we bitch now about day one patches but when the internet is fast enough to accommodate that much the way that people used to complain about downloading a single image yeah. on a on a twenty eight eight modem like. <laughs> Nobody talks about that now. You don't yeah. hear anybody bitch about this, the speed with which a photo is displayed or even fucking streaming video at this point in most cases, even on our phones. The only reason most of us even notice day one patches is because we have just put the game into our system and we want up and, and we, we have to we wait play it right for uh, several gigs patch to download. Uh, on most of these other consoles, the updates are happening overnight. We don't even know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I notice is I have to say yes. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that, well, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's yeah. because like this game needs an update now. Yeah. But when but you want to play something that yeah, you just yeah. fucking paid for and yeah. you can't, it's irritating See. as shit. But when that the speed at which that can be delivered is lessened to a point where it's not a noticeable problem anymore, yeah. digital download is going to be you know yeah. the it's, currency of the room. I'm going on the history moment here because music and movies have always been. The, the leading one. Video games are always that slow guy in the back with the <laughs> luggage, right? <laughs> always has been. Yeah. Like, music went from tape to disc way before we went from cart to disc. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, um, and right now, when's the last time you guys bought a, a, a CD? Last night. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a AAA title. Uh, no, no, not for a very I, I, I typically end up buying CDs from bands that I see live at the show. That yeah, that's I, the thing. That I, I know that they need the help. I see more local you know, music. The last time I bought a CD was uh, this band Crunkwitch that I really enjoy. I bought all three of their records at the same time because they were awesome. Okay. You know, but yeah. if they were, yeah, not often. Yeah. Okay, you know. So and then, I mean, we all stream. Um, you guys do. We're all Spotify users. I don't so, yeah. know a lot of people who are like, oh, I just really still need to collect CDs. I know a couple people, but I know more people that are like, I I need vinyl. I gotta have my vinyl. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, but vinyl. So I mean, there's always going to be somebody who wants physical yeah. media for whatever, and I will always want the physical media. But I think, you know, five between yeah. five and ten years from now, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's common now is you you, you you rent your movies on Xbox Live yeah. uh, or you get a VOD you know. or your Netflix or, or yeah, we, Netflix we talked or whatever about like it that. at one point so, Game games, Flicks man as yeah. soon as Game yeah. Flicks is a thing yeah. it's I not mean, gonna matter anymore they keep trying video games yeah. are right behind I, but yeah. again also a product of not being able to deliver the product with right. with a fast the enough technical limitation yeah. is the only reason yeah. that so in five years yeah. when you blink and you've already watched three movies and read a book We'll have instant VODs. I don't want that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I don't want to just download the information. I want the experience of like uh, of watching and, and act, the real time experience. I don't want to just oh I I, I know I comes this movie. Free. Now I've seen yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't want that. That's um, it. You know, just just on a related note, you know, uh, don't want to get off on a tangent on this, but I think a lot of this also might be related to the fact that 
um, like like malls, for example, are dying. You know, malls are going away. Um, you know, like big Thank box you, retailers Amazon. are going away. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the the methods that they have of, of drones pro- are coming in with the stuff you're buying from your big box retailers. Well, that that <laughs> kind of goes against the point I'm trying to make. But um, it's the the ability for people to buy things physical is going away. Is yeah, is kind slowly. of where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so I think that might be that might be no. Part it's part crazy. Of it too. I I had this exact discussion with my niece. She came to visit me. And uh, I showed her, I don't remember what it was that led us to the clip, but I showed her a clip of the, the movie Weird Science. Okay. And uh, the two primary characters are at the mall hanging out, and they're like, oh, I feel pretty good. Oh, you know what it was? We were going to go see Iron Man, or uh, Avengers, and I mentioned to her that, that Robert Downey Jr. had this whole acting career well before he was Iron Man, and she didn't know. So I showed her, and there's a scene where they're like the bully dudes, and they're over the railing at the mall, and they pour a slushy on their heads and embarrass them, and everyone in the mall is pointing and laughing at them, and she was just like, what a weird sort of surreal thing to happen. I said, yeah, I said, but at that time, there was an emphasis on the mall was like, that's where you went, man, and yep. it was like, if you were embarrassed at the mall, life was over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was and she just laughed at the notion. She's just like, your high school prom. I mean, like, yeah. it was that... Yep. Yeah, she's like, "Who goes to the fucking mall now?" And I was like, "Nobody." <laughs> that's yeah. And that's well, nobody. and I think that's the problem too. With physical copies are going to die because you don't need to leave your house anymore. Everything comes to you. Yeah. Like you know, you don't, to go get a physical copy. I mean, you can get it from Amazon and stuff like that. But that's going to be like the last hope for physical copies because it's soon yeah. malls are dying because you don't need to go to the mall. So, so in <laughs> summary, we all would prefer to have the physical media if mm-hmm. we can get it. But, but it doesn't. Do have we a all hope. kind of agree that the only thing keeping the digital age from completely eradicating physical media is the speed at which it can be delivered, mm-hmm. the reliability uh, yes. and speed with which it can be delivered? Yes. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, like if I mean, this isn't a thing. It, it almost can't be a thing. But yeah. if somebody were to say to me, like, if if the next Xbox has a hard drive that is guaranteed to never die, yeah. I mean, I don't know how that would affect my opinion on the on the matter. I don't know how I would yeah. how I would be well, about. What if they did an iTunes thing and it, it it goes to the cloud and you can always just download your? But that that's the problem is that you can't. Well, because some stuff goes off the cloud. They have mm-hmm. fixed a lot of this though for gaming at least. For example, we just talked about PT. You can't download it anymore. But if you downloaded it, if you, you confirmed download. You keep it. You can still download PT. Oh, you can still re-download it. You can still you can re-download it. For the first time. That's okay. the answer they've they've come up with is, is if you have confirmed this has been added to your account, you okay. own this now. It's just I can download Scott Pilgrim, I can download uh um any of the games on the three sixty I had that were delisted. I have them on the hard drive, but in that generation, if you delete them, you can't get them back. In right. the current generation, and I think going forward, the idea now is, is if you yeah. owned it, they have to, they can delist it for people who are going to purchase it, but they are required to keep it up for you to download if you've already paid for it. I don't have any references right now, but I feel like there have been some situations where stuff has been completely removed. I'm sure. I'm sure there have been. Um yeah. And at the very least, at some point in time, like, because you know, the, the first thing I said is I want to be able to give these games to my kids, you know, eventually for, this, for them to experience sure. it later. 50 years from now, 360 games are not going to be available to download any way you look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that's a fact. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like, whether or not it's, you know, stuff falling off here and there or Xbox Live, the 360 edition gets shut down entirely because it's 50 years old. I yeah. mean, one of these things is going to happen. So well, it's already been phased out because we don't backlog anyways. But, but that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's like these, <laughs> these, you know, I just, it, that's why I say it. it's like, you know, be able to give we'll be, these things to my kids or my, or, or their, you know, my grandkids or whatever. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I just think, I think the instance of societies is going to take over and like once the Xbox 12 comes out, 
the Xbox 11 just poof is off the radar. No one cares anymore. Well, I, I look forward to the day <laughs> when we're not complaining about day one patches because even if they're in there, they're so fast, you don't even care. Yeah. I look forward to the day when I can buy something or want to play something or even like, you know, Goats talked about playing Neverwinter. I uninstalled it. I don't look forward to the prospect of waiting for it. So I always have to do this shit and plan it overnight, you know, and right. just let it patch while I'm sleeping. I look forward to the day when all that's quick or instantaneous or nearly instantaneous because it's going to be, you know, the, the the disconnect between the time in which you begin to install or download a game and the time in which you can play it is going to be minutes, seconds, maybe almost seamless. That That's what will push it to a point where nobody cares about physical media anymore because for the same reason that people are watching Netflix over buying DVDs and movies now. Right. I have a handful of DVDs that aren't on Netflix and I do find that when I go to put them in now, I'm like, it's kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> to navigate menus, I just want to fucking press play, go right to the next right. episode on Netflix. You know, I, like when it's to that level of convenience. I will personally attest to this. I have my DVDs just in case the internet goes out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's when you come back to the collectability of them, you want to keep the, the the nice things in their nice cases and not like risk having to take them out and me or what if I drop it and scratch it or whatever. So no, I just like, don't want to lock my happy ass over there no, and no, get them. I, no, that's, that's you. I'm saying <laughs> I, So I, I get that. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, AA is way easier than... Uh, walk all over here, open this, put it in here, take the game out that I already have in there, put yeah. the disc in when I could have just went, Netflix, go. Yeah, continue watching that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's valid. <laughs> Uh, anything else you guys want to throw into this particular conversation? No, nope. I mean bring it on when it's ready and it's convenient. I'll I'll do it, but I will still always try to buy the physical media if yeah. I have the option for collectors. Especially speaking of Netflix, I mean there's been stuff that's been taken off Netflix. Same same kind of thing. It's, yeah, that's but the they thing. Give you I'm something new about. to watch. That's not the point. No, I understand what Charlie's <laughs> saying. I'm that dude that when I go to a, a, a an eatery and they tell me I can't put ketchup on my hot dog, I want to slap them in the face with a ketchup-y wiener. <laughs> I can't fucking stand being told what to do with what I purchase. That includes my fucking food. So everybody out there listening, I put ketchup on hot dogs. I don't care what you think. In John, Chicago, nonetheless. I'm, I'm going to shake your hand right now. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Uh, that's, here you go. I, I'm also a, a, a Chicagoan... That uh, puts uh, puts ketchup on my hot dogs. Yeah, you know what? Here's here's how I break it down. Not just with 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 you know my food, my video games. So I understand Charlie's point on this. <laughs> I'm an adult, <laughs> and I pay taxes. I'll put whatever the fuck I want on my hot dog. Okay. Vis a vis, if I pay for something digitally, I want to keep it. That's that's com- all I got. Completely fair. <laughs> and on that. Oddly food-related note. Let's move on to see what you guys had to think of the matter. I'm hungry now. All right, so for the mailbag question of the week, our question was, what are your thoughts on digital games versus disc games? All right, first response that we've got here. um, Dave McAllister says, I know I'm old-fashioned, but I always prefer physical media to digital copies. My collection is so much more fun to browse through and display, and there just isn't the same satisfaction as opening a case and actually loading something up. I'm that way with uh, that same way with books too, though my Kindle is great for ease of use, but nothing beats a wall of books to browse and turn their pages. On the on the opposite side, I have Mr. Danny Meckler, <laughs> who says, "If I never have to own another physical co- uh, physical game, then I'd be the happiest little Meckler on this side of the sippy." Oh, <laughs> my I brothers sold, like that too. Yeah. I sold all my movies, games, and CDs a long time ago, and never plan on buying any others in the future. I don't understand why people spend thousands of dollars to build a collection of things they only use once. 
Here, look at the massive bunker of things I dust more. I dust more than I use. Pick a game. You can borrow it right after you go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to agree with him on that. Uh, it doesn't make much sense to me. I like being able to delete my Steam library after I'm done, throw away the condom, and light a cigarette. Yeesh. It's just the analogies that man comes up with. It's amazing. <laughs> just mecklering up the joint. <laughs> And then we've got Ashley Peterson saying, For the sake of ease, I tend to prefer digital downloads, but at the same token, there is really something awesome about having to use a disc. With physical copies, you then have a decoration or even conversation piece if someone sees the case. With today's instant gratification necessity, digital downloads are definitely not going anywhere, though. Okay. But, and then uh, Adrian says, I, ha I like having the physical game for a couple reasons. I don't tend to replay games, so I like that I can trade them in and get some credit towards another game. Also, I would fill up the H, oh, the hard drive bleh, with all the random games I get. Both valid points. Flipping games and saving space. I do understand the, the saving space side of it. That's a lot of shelves sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was saying about whenever I have to pack my collection up and move it, it just makes me tired. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at the point now where I have no shelf space left. So, like, shit's running over into other <laughs> See, shelves in the house. That's why I only keep the gold ones. Like, the titles you really know. Like, you, when you play a game, you can tell it's a great game. Right. And it's going to go on. I keep those. I trade everything else in because I hate moving a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Ricky Keller, uh, last week's co-host, uh, said, I like being able to share games, even though I've done less of that recently. That's not so easy with digital games. You can sort of fake it with a PS4 live sharing. But that isn't practical on a regular basis. I also like being able to display my collection on the wall, much like Charlie's super impressive wallow beer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there is something to be said for the low maintenance of digital games, provided you really like spending your time watching things download. Yay for sass. I know him well enough to know how he said that, too. That was sassy. Um, last thing, users weren't able to keep their virtual store items from their Wii to the Wii U. Repurchasing all of those same virtual items is a big problem to me. Same goes for my PS1 games. My collection of PS1 games is larger than the PS1 games currently available on the PlayStation Store. In short, I wow. don't like the idea that I can lose something I've paid for. Funnily, I definitely prefer Steam Digital games for my PC. You and I share almost exact the almost the exact same perspective on yeah. that, Ricky. <laughs> I have a ton of Steam games. I love it. It's easy. It's crazy good, but... He's got a point with the the you know repackaging PS One classics. You right, know, right, yep. I already bought those games. I mean, I I have a bit of a disconnect there, just because that's a different product. Like, like I have no expectation that like from the Wii to the Wii U. Like, I I I it sucks that you can't like. There's no like backwards compatibility between like digital store content from the Wii to the Wii U. But they're two different consoles. They're two different products. So I mean, that's. I don't think there's a lot of room to... Are they be. really? They're, yes, GOAT, they are. Especially literal GOAT today should acknowledge that those are two very different products, for Christ's sake. You <laughs> broke character! <laughs> uh, but otherwise, completely fair. Uh, all right, now on the, on the email side of things, uh, first of all, we have an email from a uh, friend of the show, Ryan On. He says, uh, we have new nicknames, by the way. Oh, um, good, dear, dear Goddard... T. Kettlecorn and Imposter Flynn. I feel like there's a story behind that one. Um, there, uh, not that I know of, but I'm, I'm a little concerned now. <laughs> maybe Ryan's playing you at other venues. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Uh, before I give my mailbag answer, I must first go on a brief tirade. Oh, goody. Uh, he rage quits, doesn't he? 
not this time. This goes on for a minute. Uh, as you knew, last week I was at C2E2. It's a Chicago comic convention. Um, I was at a booth that sold art supplies, and if you drew something using their pens, they gave you some freebies. I elected to draw Gamerhead Radio. Goat was slash had gout. Uh, goat, ho- ho- hope you get that taken care of. Uh, John Tiago gets. T- uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. That's the first time anybody's ever done that. that. Why has nobody ever said that in my entire life? That's crazy. Wait, said what? Just John Tiago is in like, Santiago. One, John Santiago. Yeah, put it in one word. <laughs> oh my god, you just blew my mind. Well, we got his wrestling name. Uh, yeah. And the lame ass father of Captain Falcon, Falcon Glenn, was clearly recognizable. Um, <laughs> oh, that wasn't. Wait. Oh, it wasn't that's me. That's not that you. Was that's somebody Glenn's else father. named John Tiago. I, I, I got confused. Okay, so. Uh, then my good friend, John Tiago, gets to tug for buttercorn, and I realize I, and, and I, realize I don't know who this man is. Oops, phone turned off. Uh, his moniker was Tug for Buttercorn. Tug. Tug. Good God, this man is doing a standing jack, and John Tiago says it's Steamboat Willie? I know my drawing is... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you were standing jack. Oh, you were jerking off frame. That's what it was. That's that's why that was happening. Apparently, buttercorn's a whole other thing. I know my drawing is caca poopy, but (laughs) (laughs) there's something about a grown ass man using the phrase caca poopy. Defending his artwork. Uh, Jesus. Uh, but Charlie even asked, why is my hand vibrating? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't really see the front of my waist. Oh, and my wrist is going up and down right around that area. <laughs> oh, um, man. We missed know, the boat on this one. Uh, I mean, it's, I, 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 I thought that that was unintentional. Apparently, it was completely intentional. Um I don't know who this villain is. Maybe having a kid has turned him into old lady with homespun sensibilities that, that refuses to see the world the way it really is. My other theory is he couldn't keep his eyes open any longer, fell asleep, and an alien god, an alien pod hatched a perfect clone from the hust body. If the latter was the case, I demand this alien imposter tell me where the said body is. He was my friend and deserves a proper burial. You shit, have, shit got weird. You, you, <laughs> it got you, dark and weird. You, you have, you have. Fallen from grace, Mr. Flynn. That's a play on words because it's uh, fallen. Yes, said fallen. it's fallen. Yes. Um, this week I shall know you as Fallen Flynn. No, I think that's Fallen Flynn. Fallen Flynn, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, and now mailbag answer. because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Physical games have a monetary value, so trading becomes value becomes a factor. That's also very true. Uh, I don't even think any of us mentioned that. That's a good mm-hmm. point. I didn't reseller. think about it because I never trade anything in. Yeah. It's not even on my mental radar. Um, however, if digital were always and, cons- con- and consistently much cheaper alternative, I don't think consumers would care as much. That's also something we... Yeah. That's why Steam is so popular, though, yeah. because mm-hmm. it is often Steam cheap. Sales, very, so. very damn cheap. Yeah. I, I personally would say if it was sixty for physical or thirty for digital, that's a whole different equation. Yeah, going absolutely. digital. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and that is often the case on Steam. Yeah. I mean, heck, even look at um, even look at uh, ukulele. It's fifteen dollars for the Steam version and twenty four dollars for the console version. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, that's difference. for digital versus digital. Mm-hmm. And so that that's yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, also, full games for me by all the way. Episodic feels like such a tease, but I suppose for those with only short stints of time to game, it serves a purpose. Keep up the tugging work, Ryan. On Ryan. Um, Thank you for taking us on that adventure, slamming us in the ground of the dark deep, and bringing us back with 
I'm, I like um, full games. I'm not going to be able to eat popcorn anymore. <laughs> I like that he uses tugging as an adjective. Yes. <laughs> you could. It just makes me want to film like the tug for buttercorn action movie. Mm-hmm. So apparently we missed the steamboat yeah. last week. It makes me want. It, it makes me want to film the the tug for buttercorn action movie and put like on the poster like you know get ready for the mother tugger. You know what I mean? Like. like <laughs> Like I just see, feel like see, I feel mind, like his use of that 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 my, phrasing is an adjective my opens mind, up a world of possibilities. My mind automatically went to the point of, "Ha, Charlie's action figure won't be allowed in Toys R Us, but mine will be." <laughs> That's right. Some angry mom in Florida will be trying to get your your uh, your figure pulled out alongside the Breaking Bad action figures. Oh boy! <sighs> Jokes on her. He's pulling it out first. Yikes! <laughs> And finally, we have uh, our email from Songbird. Uh, mailbag answer, for as long as I am able to, I will always prefer physical copies over digital games. Um, I understand there are, there are people who go digital out of necessity, like space and money, but I like being able to own my games compared to feeling like I just downloaded a code to a system. Not to mention, that's how you get extra goodies from collector's editions. That's true, too. Yeah. If certain digital games are so popular, then why can't they eventually put them on disc? Um, because every. I, I would I would say because they've already sold the game to the majority of the people that would buy it in the first place because it it's popular so everybody already owns it. Um, yeah, the replay and resale value greatly drop. Yeah, mm. I, I know that there is a, a you know a subsection of um, of consumers that um, that that uh, you know they they don't go online and they they won't they really only buy physical and things like that. But um, the the cost I think involved in. Uh, in, in doing a production run of a physical copy, probably, uh, you know, you do see that sometimes, especially like you see like arcade collections, like, you know, they'll take like four, you know, three or four, five or whatever arcade games and like put them all on the same disc and put it out as a collection. I think that that's uh, that I've seen a few times and mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, but yeah. Especially it, like individual games. I think it's uh, probably just probably just not worth it. Uh, she asks uh, with how digital seems to be growing with the help of the Internet. Why don't stores like Best Buy, GameStop and et cetera have places where you can download these codes? On your hard drive that's an interesting idea i mean well in in the in the modern consoles uh, with, uh, xbox one and ps4 the hard drives aren't easily removable like with the 360 i could have seen that and um any other consoles yeah, that'd be really... awesome for the 3ds actually yeah like you take well they had those um they had those um those uh nintendo hotspots in GameStops for a while i don't mm-hmm. know if those still exist or not um but uh but yeah, the 360 is the only one I can really think of where it was easy to bring in an external hard drive, where it was easy to remove your hard yeah. drive from the console and take it in. Remember, they had um, that answer for a while, too, where you could bring your your uh, you know, your know Xbox uh, memory cards in, even though almost nobody used the memory cards. Oh, yeah, and yeah. You, remember, they had, like, you could download demos or, sure, yeah. you know, like uh, wallpapers or whatever you wanted to put, you know. They, they, they had kind of a similar thing for that. Yeah, um, I think it's... I think Songbird is probably about this. Uh, my 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 guess, at least, would be that it's uh, probably the same. Similar answer to the last question is that the, the costs involved of like you know building the kiosks and maintaining them and everything. I mean, like internet access is so perva- pervasive nowadays. I mean, I, I would say if somebody owns an Xbox One, they probably have an internet connection. Um, As say, I, I think it's more so the fact of leaving your house is becoming old yeah. school. The um you know the difference would be as uh, you know, I talked before about um you know that there are some people who, um you know I think it was last week's show that there are some people who even in even in non rural areas have difficulty getting a good internet connection, um you know so for though for that again that subset of customers that have next gen consoles or current gen consoles and uh, want to download games but can't because they don't have 
a good enough internet internet connection to be able to do so. Um, you know, it's uh, I, it would be nice if GameStop and Best Buy and places like that were to, were to have a solution for them. But again, I think it's cost cost benefits is probably just not quite there. You're too small of a percentile. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, she asks, uh, somewhat similar to my first question, what really pains me is knowing eventually all of my game cartridges will die due to the battery on the inside. Why can't we have such things without batteries? Or better yet, why not relaunch some such games like Super Mario World on a disc? Uh, the batteries is what keeps your save files on the cartridge. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what those are for. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yep, lost you can my... play the game. You just got to play it start to finish without stopping. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I personally feel Songbird's pain because my lovely, lovely original Game Boy Gold Pokemon. Yeah, battery died. It runs like a champ, but I can't save I've shit. I've been lucky. <laughs> I have never had a game battery die on any of my original cartridges as yet. I've been very. Have lucky. you checked them lately? Mm, in, inside the last year, a couple of them. Yeah, right. so far, fingers crossed. <laughs> I uh, I made the um, horrible decision at one point to part with all of my cartridges, so I no longer have that problem as a possibility in my household. Mm. You break my heart, Charlie. I know. I'm not happy about it either. I just got to buy a new battery. I, I, I was young and dumb. That, that's all. No, I can I'll really tell say. you what I did. I let my sister borrow my NES with about 55 games years back, and she thought I was giving it to her, and she sold it at a garage sale with no! all the games. Uh, she told me, and oh. I, I like, I went catatonic. It was like, it was like, uh, what's his name? It was from uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't think straight after he broke my heart. Wow. Um, but as far as the second part of your question, as far as relaunching games on Super Mario World on disc, I mean, that's pretty much what Nintendo's doing with the eShop. Yeah. Um, but as far as, um, as far as a, a physical, co- like a physical re-release of like retro games like that, um, it's entirely possible. But um, the last time we seen that was GBA when they did the NES Classic series. Yeah, but but some companies have done that. Like I feel like Namco like came out with like a collection of like their old classic games on a disc. Um, yeah, they do those Namco museums. Yeah, they, yeah, that's, that, that, that's yeah. exactly right. So, um, but the last one of those was on 360. Yeah, it's it's been a while for sure. Um, and I want to say that was towards the beginning of the 360. Yeah, I, I think the answer to that question is exactly what we've been talking about. Um, those games are so small. And um, so easy to uh, you know to to deliver digitally because how small they are that uh, physical probably like it's it's the small little things where it first becomes um, uh, you know makes it less worth it to deliver them on disc. So well, that and the nostalgia fact is is coming in hard with these arcades and stuff like that. If you want to go play the old games, you go and play the arcade cabinets true. at the arcade. True, yeah, that's true too. So I mean, because you're replaying these games for nostalgia, they're not gonna press disc for nostalgia. Uh, it's sad but true yeah all right so thank you songbird ryan and um all of our other um commenters we uh, appreciate uh we appreciate your feedback as always um you made this section a lot better yep <laughs> we, we we would not be what we are without uh without you and the rest of our listeners so thank you very much john hi hello how you doing uh, uh my foot hurts I understand. What do you got coming up? On, <laughs> what do you got coming up on your schedule? Um, we're gonna be we're gonna slow things down a little bit for villains. Um, we are doing. There were some people that asked me about this. We had a an event scheduled for uh, Fearless Radio that was last weekend. Um, we ended up having to reschedule that because plumbing burst in the building, uh, preventing us from being able to perform. That is, uh, it's like a charity event for uh, Fearless Radio to help them raise money. Um, we're going to be doing that on the 30th of this month now. 
okay. as, as a reschedule. If you purchased uh, tickets to that event, the, they will be honored. You will be allowed to come in and, and participate. And it's a, it's a $25 ticket, but it gets you not only entry to the show, um, but you also get two drinks as hmm. part of the whole thing. There was also supposed to be a costume contest because it was C2E2 weekend. It was like a... They, this place ah. is directly across the street from Cormac Place. Okay. So the idea was everyone was going to come over after C2E2 and have like a post-C2E2 party. You get a couple drinks, you know, which if you do the math on it, it's still cheaper than buying a beer at a bar if, for the cost of the two drinks plus entry. The average show is about 10 bucks in Chicago. Um, and then, you know, cost of drinks. But... Uh, we're going to be doing that on the 30th, so if you're interested in coming to that, you know we're going to be judging the costume contest there. Everyone is encouraged to come in costume. Um, and after that is the the one I was talking about at the beginning of the show where we, we're not quite ready to announce it yet, but it's stay tuned because that'll be a big show. And then Anime Midwest on the 4th of July will be doing that. Other than that, it's downtime. Um, you know We're about to start writing and recording guitar parts for the new record that comes out in October. Um, working on costumes. I uh, just had a meeting about that uh, this past Monday about what the new Fallon Flynn suit's going to be. Um, so that's that's it for me, you know. Other than uh, other than us doing the live show next weekend at Galloping Ghost, that's it. Go. Uh, let's see. Uh, new bands going along. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at uh, Phoenix Codename because Codename Phoenix was already taken. So um, I mean, we got Twitter going up and and, and moving along. Um, Finishing up a little demo reel for you guys should be out probably the end of this week as this is coming out to you. So keep your eyes. Just follow us on Twitter, and we're I'm updating, and we're all updating you and stuff like that. So new music super soon. It's like so close I could taste it. I just have to finish it. <laughs> That's very exciting. Um, I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing it. Uh, my um, side of things, uh, nothing really new. Um, just uh, just replugging MLP MSP. Um, I won't go over it again because I mentioned it uh, almost every show since I got involved. But um, closer we get, the more excited I am about uh, about about it. And so um, that's yeah, gonna be a really good time. May I note that the closer we've gotten to this uh, con, the more pony shirts you've been wearing in a row. <laughs> He's rocking one right now. Huh. Look at that. <laughs> um, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> Um, for my beer of the week, um, I'd like to uh, just plug, um, uh, so Penrose, they, they do a series of wild beers. Uh, a wild beer is essentially a beer that's brewed with, um, so, so beer has yeast in it. Um, most beer that you have, the yeast is basically grown in a laboratory. It's like perfect, clean, you know, chemically, biologically, whatever, perfect yeast. Wild yeast is, as one might imagine from the name, it's wild yeast strains that, um, that uh, they, they can be unpredictable in nature and they create um, a lot of uh, sour and bitter flavors that um, a lot of times are not desired in a beer unless that's the style that you're going for. So they just came out with their Wild 10. It's their 10th attempt. Uh, and I don't want to say attempt because it's, it's their 10th iteration of, of, uh, of a wild beer that they put out. And um, it is, and they also aged it in red wine and bourbon barrels. And it is so, 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 so good. Um, they um, they had their bottle release for it already. So if you're looking to get it in a bottle, you're not going to be able to find it unless you uh, unless you trade or you know find somebody who's uh, willing to part with one that I picked up at the bottle share that I was at the other day. But um, there are several places where, it, 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 as of this morning at least, was still on tap in the tap room um, at uh, at uh, in Geneva, Illinois. Um, and they do have some kegs that they're going to be bringing around to. Um, I think they I think I saw that that they're going to have some at the at the uh, Bavarian Lodge coming up, and. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be a couple more because they they somehow managed to make quite a bit of this, but it is excellent. Um, 
it's uh, it's like bold and rich, but and, and like the sour, it's like you know, if you've never had a sour beer before, um, if you if you like Sour Patch Kids, like if if you if that kind of you know that kind of thing, if you if you don't find that taste off putting, um, as long as you know what you're going into, because if you if you if someone hands you, here here's a tip, don't ever it's mean to hand somebody a sour and not tell them it's a sour because <laughs> that that is a taste that that is something you need to be prepared for going in that that's like handing somebody a bottle of sriracha and telling him it's ketchup like that's just mean see i'll agree so. i'll agree on that i've had a couple of beers where um i wasn't quite prepared for it yeah and i don't a bit a bitter or a sour is never my first choice for a beer but if i if i know if i'm in the mood for one and i yeah. know that's what i'm drinking i i had some last night i think actually you may have given it to me i don't know if it was you or maybe it was ricky we, we had a goes last night they had a yeah. the, the, the blood orange goes yeah that's what it was and yep. it was good yeah i i would have been surprised by that taste had you not told me what it was first right. i was I, I did enjoy it <laughs> that's right who yeah. was it that got you with that was it dan fucking dan yeah. you hear that dan <laughs> that's not nice no that's not nice my jaw like detached itself like wrapped itself around my head and came back at the sour <laughs> But, I want um, to see a doctor. <laughs> yeah, but um, Penrose. Uh, one of the things they do very well is their wilds, and um, and uh, so yeah. If if you manage to see that they're doing a, t- a tapping of wild ten somewhere, I highly recommend going and getting it while you can because it's. Uh, they will never make it again. I mean, they they might they might do something similar, but it'll be called something else. It'll be a different beer. Um, so yeah, wild ten by Penrose, my beer of the week. Uh, so for next week's show, um, as we've all mentioned, uh, we are going to be recording live at the Galloping Ghost in Brookfield, Illinois. And so as such, our question to you is going to be just tell us about uh, tell us about your experiences at arcades. We want to uh, know if you guys have any particular fond memories of arcades and what you, uh, you know, just um, if you have any good anecdotes on that matter. But also um, what you want to see more in arcades. So if you're familiar with the ghost, the proprietor of the Galloping Ghost, Doc Mack, will be joining us. Uh, for the show, and so he will be receiving your feedback. So if there's anything that uh, you wish the Galloping Ghost had, um, you know, if, if you're familiar with it, let us know what that is. Or just in general, if you've never been there, just what do you think are some good ideas for arcades? Because he will be there and he will be all ears. So um, good arcade stories or good ar- arcade suggestions is our mailbag for you guys for this coming week. And uh, once again, a reminder on that show, it is going to be Saturday. Um, May 9th uh, from 5 to 7 at the Ghost but feel free to come early and stay late because it's going to be one of those days it's going to be good times and so if you've liked what you heard you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio where I'm at T-E-K Charlie Goat is at Sir Goatsworth and John is at The Fallon Flynn email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com or call in and leave us a message at 949-26-GAMER download the official Gamer Head Radio app from Google Play on Android or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice. And with all that, thank you very much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Gamerhead Radio. look pretty hot oh puns (laughs) that's terrible i know (laughs) much like the marvel universe
<laughs> now you're just trying too hard. <laughs> I just wanted to see what I'd get a reaction out of you. Like, what if I just drop this in the well? <laughs> right, that was the equivalent of like me dropping a penny in the well and Charlie going, are you fucking kidding me? Give me a dollar. 